Hi, I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy with another Global Real Estate School podcast. Well, I hope your day is off to a great start. My name is John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy for Global Real Estate School, and this is episode 019. Well, we've started discussing this whole concept of agency, and we began the discussions with ostensible agency. Remember, ostensible agency created through your actions, and uh, there's actually nothing in writing but what you are doing through your actions. You imply that you are an agent for the client. That's an ostensible agency. And yesterday on our podcast, We discussed the fiduciary obligations that are created under an agency. And as I mentioned, there are several acronyms that are used out there in the education community when teaching agency. Uh, There's OLD CAR is one acronym. And I've always used the acronym COLD, C-O-A-L-D, for Care Obedience Accounting loyalty, and disclosure. And we're going to talk about loyalty today and how that applies to this concept of agency. So let's uh, kind of put our real estate hat on here and pretend that you just went out and listed and had your sellers sign a listing agreement, a seller's agency agreement, to list their home or their property, their real estate, to sell it for them. So now this whole concept or this this legal term agency has been created between you, the real estate agent, and the client, in this example, a seller. Now keep in mind, agency relationships can also be created uh, between an agent and a buyer or an agent and a landlord, an agent and a tenant. But in this example, we're just using the um, seller wants to sell their home. They've hired you and signed a listing agreement for you to sell their property. And so now this agency has been created. And through that agency creation, you have these fiduciary obligations and We just learned that, care, obedience, accounting, loyalty, disclosure, and today we're going to look at loyalty. That's correct. So what's it mean to be loyal to your client? And I want to kind of take you back several years ago because as you know or may know if you've listened to some of our podcasts, I received my real estate license in 1978 at the age of 18. So I've been selling real estate for a little little time now. And back in the late 70s, early 80s, I'm sure there were buyer's agency agreements or buyer's agents out about somewhere in the United States. But in all honesty, you never really heard about that much. The typical scenario that we experienced back then and most consumers experienced was you would list a home for a seller, and that was who you were the agent for. They were the client. There was an agency relationship between you, the agent, and the seller. And of course, if you worked for a broker and there were multiple agents in the office, then all of the agents were agents or or sub-agents of the seller or sub-agents of the seller through another agency. So here we have this 
situation back in the early 80s, late 70s, and even before that. And so buyers would call and would want to look at a property. And you would uh, meet the buyer, show them the property. Perhaps that wasn't the property they were looking for. You would show them several other properties. And through this whole process, you start developing a pretty good friendship with these buyers. I mean, you have a lot in common. Um, you have fun looking at the houses. You just you, Your personality styles connect. And there's a real bond going on between you, the agent, and the buyer. Now, the buyer in this example is what we call a third party. They really have no representation unless they enter into a buyer's agency agreement. And I'm taking you back to the late 70s, early 80s when that just did not take place in most areas around the United States. Again, I'm not saying that no one out there worked as a buyer's agency in the 1980s, but it wasn't a real commonly practiced concept back then. And so you had buyers who really were under the impression that the agent was working for them. That was their agent, and by golly, they were, they were working for them as the buyer. But in reality or legally, you or myself back then, really had an obligation of loyalty to the seller. So what really transpired back then? Remember, I said, you meet the buyers, you show them property, there's kind of a connection, you bond with them. I mean, there are many buyers I can tell you that, I mean, I cried along with them when they shared tragic events of, of loved ones they lost or situations that happened in their life and, and we just became very close friends. But I never had a buyer's agency agreement signed. And so the buyers want to make an offer on a property, and they tell you something like, uh, you know, let's offer this amount, John, but if we have to pay the full price, we'll pay it. And so you take that offer uh, to another agent in your office or even an agent from another company and you do not disclose that information to the other agent. In fact, the other agent may ask you, do you think they'll come up and you say, oh, I think this is the most they'll do. But you knew, I mean, you, you had information from the buyer that they would pay a higher price. Now, really, there are two parts of agency that I just violated if I don't disclose that information. Disclosure, which is part of that C-O-A-L-D. And in reality, who am I really being loyal to? The seller or the, or the seller's agent, whom I'm a sub-agent with? Or am I being loyal to a third party who's just a buyer? And because of these types of situations, which, by the way, uh, I think there was just a lack of knowledge or education in the real estate community about this. But as I mentioned on the previous podcast, there was a lot of litigation. Maybe the buyers purchase the home, they find out the home has mold or there's a horrible water problem or whatever issue there is. They go see an attorney and the attorney says, well, we need to sue this person, that person, and the other person. The attorney's just doing their job. 
They're trying to represent their client who they have a fiduciary obligation to. And so these scenarios would end up in court. And guess what? Legally, the buyer and their attorney would discover through this whole series of litigated issues. Well, that real estate agent, John Mayfield or whoever, they didn't work for the buyer. They had no written agreement with the buyer. They had no agency agreement with the buyer. They represented the seller or the they were a sub-agent of the seller or the seller's agent. And therefore, they really had no fiduciary obligations to the buyer who was just a third party. Now, that's how an ostensible agency could come about. Perhaps the attorney could use that angle to say, but wait a minute, this agent or John Mayfield, they were doing all these things for the buyers, so their actions implied that they were an agent for the buyer. That's the concept of ostensible agency we looked at. But what I want you to understand and learn from today's podcast is that anytime you enter into an agency relationship with a client, you now have some fiduciary obligations to that client. And one of those obligations is the obligation of loyalty. If you know something, you need to disclose that and be loyal to your client, not the third party. Now, there are some things that you owe a third party, and we'll discuss that on one of our podcasts, but your loyalties to your client. And even if you are a sub-agent of another agent, that sub-agency agreement carries those same fiduciary obligations. So remember, loyalty, disclosure, we will talk about obedience and accountability on our next podcast But for today, whenever you enter into an agency agreement, you have to be loyal to your client in that transaction. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Global Real Estate School. I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy. Go out and make it a great day.